Hushlings, and welcome to another Declassified Discussions. I am Mystery Mike. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Today we are joined by a reporter covering a cult that you may not have heard of called The Body. He has been posting his findings on TikTok and other social medias to bring attention to the group. Hushlings, please welcome Siren Warner. Howdy, everybody. Fabulous to be on the show. I'm Siren. Here to talk cults. We love cults. We are fans of cults and covering them. Welcome. Thanks for being here and thanks for joining us and taking time out of your day. We want to dive into this story pretty much right away because it's wild. As we said in the introduction, Siren has been covering this cult, The Body. He's been posting it on TikTok. That's where we actually found you. And he's got a website. He's he's really out there and he's doing the work. So... Tell us how you came across this supposed cult and how long they've been operating. The body. Um, well, okay. So uh, I was a, an alt-weekly reporter. And in 2016, I heard a story about this guy I knew who, who was murdered in Alaska. And the story was just so insane. It was, it was just, this, just incredible. I mean, legal drama. Um, the, I mean, the whole thing sounded like it was handled poorly and kind of swept under the rug. So I talked to my editor about it and started working on a cover story, a feature, and ended up going to Alaska, interviewing a ton of people. And along the way, I had this source who had admitted to me, this, this was a reporter who was the source because she had covered the story more than anybody and was closest to the case. And she had told me that she did some things that you're not supposed to do as a reporter. Like she was a little too involved in, in the case, uh, in the legal case. She then became like part of the story. And as I started talking to more people about her, like it would come up, like, have you heard about the cult she's in? Then in 2018, I talked to a reporter who had investigated this this woman and investigated the cult and found out like for sure that like the, the cult was real. This, this woman was in it. And I, I got a bunch of documents. I got like interviews because the article that this was supposed to be for like never came out. But there were still like interviews and court recordings and stuff like that about the body. I eventually published my article. It didn't include the body, even though like I knew all this stuff about it and had, you know, 20 hours of recordings with this woman. And then the, the pandemic hit and I went through it and started listening to the recordings again. Um, but the paper I worked for folded. And it was, it was clear to me that like, I, you know, I had been like influenced. It was weird stuff was going on. I hadn't, known anything beyond the recordings I got. And I started making phone calls and it was just like this horrifying thing that was going on with the body. Every person I talked to had some new horror story and I decided I was going to cover them and build a website. And then the, the cult started like attacking me. And then it was just like, Oh, this is like on, I'm just going to like constantly update uh, this and continue to investigate it. And I guess a lot is, transpired then in the in the following years i know it's a long answer but um it's a it's a long story where exactly was this cult the the body based out of and if you had to approximate if not 
an exact answer, like how many people were involved in the body? Um, I would say at one point it was about 30 people. It's a very small cult in that Mark, the leader, always wanted like 12 apostles, no more, sort of like Jesus. And if it was a bigger cult, like he would be in prison already. Give us kind of a rundown of what their beliefs are and what they were all about. The, the body is a Christian fundamentalist cult. They believe their leader is this, this guy. He's a deity. He's like Jesus. He, he calls God daddy. He went to hell according to the myth and beat up Satan and returned all these like sins to to God, which is, it's this ridiculous story, but it's true. It's, there's a ton of like tape of it. He wrote scripture about it and it ended up like breaking up all these families. But I guess like purely it, we're, we're just talking about a fundamentalist Christian cult. that used a lot of Hebrew. So how exactly did this self-proclaimed Messiah reach his 30 or so followers? Were they like friends and family people he was already acquainted with? Was he yeah. running some sort of chat groups or something how the body originally started was that it was like a small bible fellowship in alaska in this nikiski alaska it's in the middle of nowhere on the kenai peninsula they started this bible group and it was like just for families like they had basically split off from the local church and decided to start their own group so with this group they met in people's living rooms. They met in people's basements. And eventually this guy who was one of the, the leaders of the group found his friend Mark, who he had grown up with. And this guy was a deacon in Texas at a place called Church of Marshall. And he was like, hey, you should come up. We've got this Bible study. I mean, th- these guys are both like leaders now, but, but Mark is the real bad dude. He's the cult leader. And Mark came up from Texas and kind of took over this group. And then they kind of like just picked off families. Like they're very selective about who they find. They don't do any like public recruiting, nothing like that. Now you had covered, there was a a specific woman, Melissa, I forget her last name. She was a member of the cult and she had an interesting background, especially with her kids. Can you tell us about Melissa? Melissa Parker, she was one of the one of the first people that was in the cult. Like when the cult started, when the Bible study started, Melissa was in. And she is related to the guy I was just talking about named Gary, I should have named him, who got Mark to come there in the first place. And she is his stepdaughter. So she's kind of she's the stepdaughter of the leader. Her sister is also in the cult. And the whole kind of for a little while, like the whole family was. And Melissa was married to this guy, Craig, who was kind of, he was a preacher or, you know, part-time preacher. He had gone to divinity school and they had six kids together. And sort of what the body is famous for is separating families. And they chose, they wanted Melissa. They planted the story that he was a pedophile and they, he got kicked out everything in his whole life. They, they took away. So when he was going through a divorce, the it was a, a fascinating case. I mean, definitely like courtroom fireworks. There was one side, Melissa's side, saying, you know, my husband's a pedophile. He's saying my wife is in a destructive cult. This is what it is. And then there was like a parade of current and former members of the cult on the witness stand. 
And that's where a lot of the information on the body comes from is that specific case because it's been so hard. To, I mean, it's such a secret group. There's so much blackmail. You kind of only learn things when people get kicked out or the police come or, you know, through legal documents. So I know a lot about Melissa from that. I, I've, I've talked to her husband a few times, interviewed him and gotten that story and talked to people who grew up with Melissa. But so after this divorce, she ended up having to give all the kids to Craig because she didn't really have another choice. They were playing recordings from the church in the courtroom and nobody could really have that. So the, the plug was pulled. Um, she ended up spending a little bit of time in Alaska and then they just decided to send her to Australia on a missionary trip. And she's just been there in Australia, although she, she was in the U.S. for a little bit last year. But mostly she's, she's in Australia. She's a felon now because she owes so much back child support. And they married her to this other guy who, before when I was talking about a reporter in the cult, that's, that's her dad, Peter. So she's, she's married to this guy who's 20 years older than her, sort of stranded there, hasn't talked to her kids in you know, years and years and years since 2016, 2015. Outside of separating families through blackmail, like you said, are there any other nefarious things that this cult is partaking in that's behind the scenes? I know you mentioned horror stories in the beginning of this. Yeah, I mean, the, the big, I guess, what people know the body for this story, I'd been covering them for, for a long time, and it really made no difference because like, I couldn't name them. They had never been named in the press. I couldn't just be like, Mark Bissett is a cult leader. I can say that now. But it was kind of like ineffective what I was doing. And then I got a phone call from, or I, got, I guess I got an email and then a phone call from a neighbor who had seen like children get rescued from her kitchen window. And when she looked it up, like I was the only person talking about it. So I grabbed the police report the day it came out and saw that there was body cam in it. I made a, I made a post on TikTok right away. And then as I started getting the body cam footage, it was like, oh, people are going to know a lot about this because they, they separated a woman. They got rid of this woman who had two kids and they took her children but the one she gave birth to right before she was kicked out, like the cult took that baby and was like sort of raising it as like a group project. These kids are calling Mark, the cult leader, like grandpa, and they don't know what's going on. But they, they had taken these kids and they were like sort of, you know, this was supposed to be like the next generation. They were taking babies and... A lot of people, I guess, know know this story from when this guy was arrested and they took one of his daughters. There was another whole other case where they took the one that was like taken. In a cult, like there are no ethics. Everything is bad to the core. Like they don't do anything the way that a decent person. There's, there's no redeeming characteristics of the body. It's all bad. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, that that's what most people know. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely all bad from the sounds of it. And with that being said, are you aware of any sort of like wild background to this leader, Mark, or one of the leaders, Mark? Because with a lot of cults, you tend to see like, I don't know, some some crazy past with their leader leading up to the creation of the cult. Or was he just sort of like this regular dude beforehand? 
I mean, a cult leader is a psychopath. It's hard to, like, people who aren't psychopaths don't want to control people. Like, I've, I've been researching cults for, for almost three years now, and if, if I wanted to brainwash someone, I, I would know, like, kind of what to do. But, like, I just have no interest in controlling people and making them just bend to your whim. It's something that psychopaths do. Like, Mark is a psychopath. If you listen to recordings of him, it's very clear he's not a normal person. But, you know, it's under the guise of religion. It's under the guise of this is the only way to go to heaven. This is the only way to know God. A lot of times with cult leaders, you can sort of see the abuse. Like Charles Manson, like that guy, he just never had a shot, you know, based on his childhood. But... Mark, I don't know. I've heard like, it, it, there's some gray area where he may have had like his father may have been abusive, but I know that he still says nice things about his father. So I don't know. We get this myth that everybody has good in them. Everybody has just look inside and there's something good. But but that's not the case. Like some people, as they become sentient, they just want to take advantage of things and take things over. And Mark, I guess, sort of hid in the church. In, he hid in this church in Texas for a long time. That was a cult. Like the church in Marshall was a cult. So he, he was sort of groomed in a way. But from what I know about this guy, I don't think he was ever like, it's not like he was like a good guy gone bad or something. I think he had this idea in his head, like he wanted to do what he does. And then he, when he was a, a deacon or at this church, he sort of saw how it was done and, you know, was picked up a lot of things and just, yeah, a lot of like classic cult characteristics like sort of formed. And then he decided he was going to take what he knew and just make it like more extreme. Do you think that there's any kind of violence going on over there or maybe uh, threatening acts that are happening to keep people in line? Or is it just straight up brainwashing and just knowing how to get to the psychology of these people? There's violence. I mean, I I would say like most of the violence happens to kids. Like uh, most of the stories that I've heard have to do with children. There is a spare the rod, spoil the child edict or something within the church. So Mark sort of has instituted this like eight inch piece of wood. And that's what you use to discipline your children. You have to discipline your, your children physically. And like, like Mark himself, this is just a good example. In, there's a police report. There's a case where he hit a eight-month-old baby, spanked him until there were uh, bruises and the police were called. And he didn't really get punished for it, but he had to plead to harassment, I guess. But I have heard like that like piece of wood like gets used in domestic situations too involving other people in the cult and and there's also this is a very pro gun they have guns everywhere this church that he came from was you said church of marshall and how it was a cult you're saying in itself was this guy mark is there any connection of him with anything that was going on in waco because there's big parallels with david koresh with the way that you the way that you're explaining him where even what was the name of the paddle that david koresh used was it the teacher and it was a paddle that was like eight inches that he would use to discipline the kids and just big parallels with the way that the branch davidians were and the body as you're explaining it so far that kids were not really ripped apart from their families but the families were almost held hostage in almost a a similar type of fashion. 
No, I mean, I mean, in in Waco, the Branch Davidians, they were like, you know, your your child is now like David's child. Definitely, lots of lots of family separation, lots of you know that sort of baby swapping thing. There are a lot of parallels. David Koresh was Jesus, basically. Once he got control of these people, it was ultimate. There was no other authority but Dave. And I, I would say mainly, though, where I see Waco in this story is that it sort of inspired Mark as far as, like, getting out of the public view, getting out of all the hiding, all the, like, cult compounds, that kind of stuff. A lot of people got, like, real anti-government and sort of moved into this, like, sovereign citizen territory. And this cult has become a sovereign citizen cult. You, you see a lot of that just sort of in the aftermath of, of Waco, like Timothy McVeigh, you know, you sort of go underground from that. Like, that's sort of the lesson of, of Waco that they take. So th- there's just so many sort of Christian cults that were taking notes when Waco happened, fundamentalists. And I think that's where you see the body today. Did this cult also have a apocalyptic ending scenario? You know, it's not as apocalyptic as as other cults, I would say, in the same genre. But they do believe, like, obviously in the end times and that. I mean, I guess, like, Mark isn't supposed to close the loop, though. Like, in, in the mythology of the body, like, this kid that was taken last year, I believe they wanted it to be a son. Like, they want a son to raise to replace Mark. So it doesn't doesn't quite have the same doomsday element as other fundamentalist Christian cults. Just to clarify a little bit, because it sounds like this dude, Mark, has been quite involved with the police. There's been investigations, like you said, there's court documents, there's body cam footage of things pertaining to this cult. Is Mark still a free walking man or is he imprisoned right now? He is still a free walking man. He lives on this wow. compound in Tenasket, Washington. I mean, he's never gotten in trouble because he, he always leaves other people holding the bag. I guess now, like, their, their whole world is fucked up because of the publicity I've given them. Everybody's out of Tenasket. They're all sort of like spread all over the place. I really think there's only three of them left in Washington, and it's all the leaders because they're kind of stuck on this million dollar compound that I don't think they're, they're very they're readily willing to give up. When I was looking at the videos that you had posted, there was something pretty disturbing. I think you it's referred to as washing. Can you tell our listeners about the, the washing? Absolutely. I mean, I think this goes back to the question of what does the body do? Like, it's, uh, it's kind of all bad. The washing is sort of like this John the Baptist inspired washing the feet of Jesus, but uh, they wash your whole body. And it is a, it's a sexual, they wash your genitals. It's done in private, away from prying eyes. So, you know, there's multiple reports of it. I mean, it's hard to get a whole lot. Like, I've got two people who've, who've sat down and explained washing who were washed. But I know that it's something that, that has happened to, to many people. I think it has to do, too, with like blackmail as much as it does with sex we'll get you involved in this and then you're not going to talk about it. Like you're not going to talk about it because it's, it's so weird. Did they film them as a form of blackmail? 
They did not. I mean, there's recordings that have to do with washing that have come out because the way this guy really messed up is that he, because he's Jesus, when they were meetings, he encouraged people to open up their cell phones and press record because, you know, these are like, this is going to be in the Bible someday. And so all these recordings were made and then he kicked people out and a lot of them have surfaced where something like washing is talked about. Where'd they come up with the name? Do you know what the origin of the name the body pertains to? The body is kind of a silly name for to, for me to say what the group is. Like it, I call it the body because it's called the body in court. But if you were like the neighbor of these people and you met them, if you if you were joining the group today, if they had you, you know, come to one of their men's meetings or something, uh, they wouldn't call it the body. I don't know what they. It was called Veritas Church for a while. It, it was legally registered originally as sought out. It has a good name now. Now it's called Lookout Ranch, which is yeah, the the, the property is called Lookout Ranch. They've they're some sort of tax reason or they're calling themselves a church again. But I mean, that's the thing with the body is people who leave have such poor ratings of their experience that you kind of got to like change things around. I mean, this cult is they've moved. They were, it seemed like they were like permanently in Kenai, Alaska, and then they were in Hawaii and now Washington, and now, you know, there's some of them in Oregon. They got to move, they got to change the name, but the body is is sort of like the official name. Like if they went to court the again, they would be called the body. Now you're mentioning that they're moving around a lot and they have all these different locations, and it kind of brings me back to you talking about Melissa Parker and her going to Australia. Now, is they're possibly a sect of the body in Australia, kind of making this an international thing now. Yeah, that's, I guess that's like, I guess the, the title of my website is the body international, which is kind of a, a cult joke because it like is something that like new, newspapers use and cults use. And just these people are, they're, they're international, but the sect in Australia, they, I know I've talked to people that they've tried to recruit. They have definitely, tried to recruit. I, I heard a ridiculous story that, that was one of those things that like, if you put it in a screenplay, it would sound silly. They were meeting at like midnight, in, like the basement of a church or something like that. They're a very, very like secretive, silly thing they were doing. I don't know. I guess personally, I don't think they've had a ton of success. Like I know these people so well at this point that I just don't see and they don't have a psychopath like without mark like being a cult leader you only are a cult leader you do it 24 7 you typically will not have a job this is like all you do so they're kind of missing that element but yeah i guess like it is technically a sect they they are recruiting i think it's more of like a way what's going on in australia is kind of like a charade to keep melissa and peter like out of the picture because he talks too much, he says dumb shit, and Melissa is like, people find out like about like the kids and everything, that she left a two-year-old. They're going to start asking questions and something like what happened in Tenasket is possible. It's, I think it, the, the people in Australia are there because it's safe for them to be there, safer for Mark. Yeah, and seeing videos of her 
talking about it and saying I'm not part of a cult and all this other stuff. It's very, very weird. The look in her face and how she's talking and it's exactly the opposite of what she's saying. I am in a cult. This is definitely happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's very odd. Well, something about that too is this was like the real shocker, like the that Melissa Parker. I mean, they thought this was a good idea. They were like, oh, we're going to put Melissa out there because I made a video about her and she's going to clear like this whole situation up. The, the really big thing is like Melissa had not been seen like a, I, I have one photograph of Melissa from between uh, 2015 and when she showed up on TikTok. So there's a long, there's like seven years there. So she shows up, you can see her, you can, like, she, like, that's definitely her. And, you know, she, she's in, like, hot water in the States. Like, she owes all this money, which is felonious at this point. So just the fact that just seeing her face was, was totally mind-blowing. And then her, like, you know, she, she mentions me and says, she's like, oh, I don't know if you've heard about a cult hunter, which, like, I, I joke a lot about now because... I just imagine like this is what they told her like, oh, he's this guy that's saying this stuff. He's one of those cult hunters like it was a thing. It's a good title to have, though. Right. You know, I wouldn't mind that. Be like, what do you what do you do? I'm a cult hunter. Okay, so the cult just wrote a smear about me. What they do now is they pay papers to write that I'm like a dirty reporter and that I'm making everything up and. So one of these came out like two days ago and I had received this email from a guy who was like, Hey, will you talk about the body? Like I'm doing an article about the body. And I knew he was part of the cult because of his questions. He sends this dishonest email and he says, I'm, I'm Alexander Scribe. I'm doing an interview. He, he asked me, why have you chosen to focus exclusively on the body and Mark Bissett in your reporting? I mean, like, I focus on all kinds of cults. That's one thing. What is your relationship with any with the Mark Bissett and the members of the body? He talks about building permits. Like, hey, we've figured out these building permits you're talking about were bullshit. He asked me that. Then he goes into this thing about balanced reporting. I'm just going to read you some highlights from this. I'm so used to it now. Like, when somebody contacts me about this, it's just like, oh, I'm going to, like, set them on fire. And they're not going to be able to publish anything that I sent. So his first question is, why have you chosen to focus exclusively on the body and Mark Bissett in your reporting? And I explain, you know, it's not my interview, but either you chose not to research or you don't understand the definition of the word exclusively. I haven't chosen to focus exclusively on the body or Mark Bissett because that's not what I do. I think there would actually be an interesting story here for your readers if you asked why I chose to investigate the body and its leader, Mark Bissett. Instead, you ask a totally dishonest question. Two can play that game. Why do you choose to focus exclusively on fucking your mother? I said a bunch of really mean stuff to this guy, but he, he, he clearly liked it, like, in the article. So this woman called me the cult hunter, and this guy that I set on fire for this interview, where he's like, he said that I admitted that the whole story was made up or whatever, of course, but, but refused to, like, publish a word from it or pull a quote because he really couldn't. But he was like, he kept talking about how like clever, he's like, he's like that clever guy. And then he, he called me the Shakespeare of disdain, which I want like on my tombstone. Like that's pretty good. That's awesome. <laughs> you did something 
a little bit wild to get the FBI to look into the body and you admittedly called it a stunt. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I called a stunt because like it is called like but, but that was like a very real moment and the reason why it's recorded and everything is that I record like anything that has to do with the body. Like I wasn't thinking about the internet, I guess, in the moment when that happened. The, the, the backstory of the Mitch McConnell thing is that I was calling the FBI frequently and I was talking about like this missing kid and her mother the, who I could not find. And it seemed like a serious enough thing. Like nobody knows where this baby is. Nobody knows like what jurisdiction it is in. This is like a, a federal case. And they would they would hang up on me. And then like... After getting hung up on, like, repeatedly calling about this story and just saying, like, I've got records, like, I have records for you of this stuff. I have interviews, I have recordings from the church. I decided, like, after the the cult set up an Instagram account and started posting pictures of, like, my ex-girlfriend's, like, where she was at the time, like, in Michigan. And I was like, motherfucker, like, I'm calling the FBI until you take my files. And I called twice, I think, and got hung up on. And then when I got hung up on the second time, I was like, no, like, I'm going to call and I'm going to say I'm going to kill the president. And I'm going to give you details. I'm going to buy a plane ticket. And like, as I was calling, I was like, okay, that's going to be, that's maybe a little too far. But like, if I had a second choice, Mitch McConnell, he's a, he's a ghoul. I decided I was going to call and tell them that I was going to krill Mitch McConnell. I bought a plane ticket to Washington, D.C., but I didn't, I mean, I didn't go on the plane. It was just like to get them to, I, I wanted them to come to my house and take everything off my hard drive was the thing. Damn, you like swatted yourself. That's <laughs> that's dedication, that's dedication, dude. That is dedication. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's one way of getting their attention. Yeah, and it's, it was a it's a funny it was a funny call, I guess. I mean, I was just kind of like on one, like filled with I was just piss and vinegar. So I was telling them, I was like, I have weed, I have weed. There's, I'm gonna sell it to school children if you if you don't come. <laughs> so I ended up having to meet with the Secret Service, but uh, they kind of understood. That it was what I was doing because there was all there were all these calls previously of me contacting the FBI. Like it was it was very clear what I was doing once they like listened to all the tapes. And yeah, I, I didn't get in trouble. It's it's it, uh, I don't want to encourage everybody out there to call the FBI and say you're gonna murder Mitch McConnell if you have a problem. But if you do so and you, you've been calling about a real problem, it's uh, not a crime following that phone call, did they actually take you seriously? Did they look into no. what you had? No, really? No, I mean, and I mean, the, the the crazy thing about it is when I got that call from the neighbor that some people had been arrested and kids got taken, as I was on the phone, I was figuring out, oh, this this is the thing I was calling the FBI about. Once it became clear who was involved, that was the case. And some of my work was used as evidence because I was a third party in getting these kids taken from the cults, like the lawyers saw, they saw a video where I identified the man who was arrested in as in the cult, and I had I had video of him on the compound in, in Alaska, and also like business records of his in Washington, 
that were current. So it was like, yeah, this guy's like, can't really say he's not in. What's interesting too, is I think part of the reason why the, the FBI wouldn't listen to me is that in the beginning, I was using the word cult. I was like, this is a cult, blah, blah, blah. And you know, there's no legal standard for what a cult is. But then when these affidavits were written that, that got these kids out, that, that's probably the most significant factor. The word cult was all over it. The word body was all over it. Mark Fissett's name, his wife's name. Like, these are the leaders. It's a cult. This is what the cult does. So I think in some ways, like, the law is adapting to understand that when we should take cult cases more seriously. I don't really encourage people to call the FBI. Um, I think local law enforcement is always the way to go, and you should always wait until you have something to call about. It's kind of pointless to just say, like, this is a cult or whatever. People were calling the FBI in Texas and saying, this is a cult, here's why, they're doing these bad things, and then getting hung up on. So that's just like, the FBI gets a lot of calls. I think they have, like, things that they... And you can't send them information. Like, that was the whole reason I... I sent uh, the McConnell stuff. It's like, you can't send the FBI like a zip drive or a a file with audio on it. It's kind of disappointing, I guess, like how shitty the FBI is when you like have something that they should be looking at. I mean, thank God, like this case got resolved without them. It was dealt with by local law enforcement. You should contact law enforcement if you know somebody is abusing people somehow. But there's, there's a high degree of skepticism with the FBI. That was actually my next question I was going to bring up next. This group, I believe, Profundity Yours? Yes. And Linda McGillis. Now, I found them to be a little uh, wackier than the body, especially her. What have you found so far about that group and Linda McGillis? I was contacted last November. I had been on a podcast called Indoctrination, which is all about, it's, just, it's a cult podcast hosted by a, a therapist who has sort of been in the like cult recovery industry for a, a long time. And at the end of the show, she was like, oh, if you have a story, like contact Siren. And I got some emails and this one email I got about Linda, it was about this, you know, my mom has been taken she's basically the hostage of this cult and it's this alien woman who's extorting everybody and she claims to be jesus and she says the dog is like royalty in the galactic federation and it i mean when i heard that story i was pretty confident like somebody was messing with me but she had some like documents that she sent with it but even the first time like she was telling me the story and i was getting details about it like i was wondering if there were like drugs involved until i really started watching linda i mean involved in the tip (laughs) as i started watching linda it's like oh this is this is a thing like this is this trailer park woman who got in this game at 45 and now has a ton of money and lives in this on this 1.3 million dollar ranch and they thought the world was going to end i mean it's uh it's bizarre. She she steals a whole lot of information from other religions and other new age gurus. I think she has a photographic memory. Like if you watch Linda, you can tell that like f- formal education, you know, didn't, I don't know how, how much of it there was and how much of it stuck, but she has a photographic memory. She's able to take 
volumes of material and then kind of spew them out. And that's part of what gets people hooked is, you know, if you have like a background in Christianity, she mixes in Christianity. And if you're into new age stuff, she knows, she knows this new age thing and that, I mean, it's just numerology, kind of astrology, everything. It's very similar to the foundation of the Urantia book and what that teaches. It's, just this culmination of all these different religions as well as extraterrestrial stuff and Darwinism and all these different theologies sort of mushed in together to one to grab as many eyes and ears as they can. I was going to say it sounds a lot like she watched a lot of Sherry Schreiner videos. (laughs) That too. That too. (laughs) That's the first thing that popped in my head. Sherry Sherry Schreiner comes up, yes, a lot. Sherry Schreiner comes up a lot in my um, TikTok comments. But yeah, I mean, I guess like a lot of cult leaders do this though. Like every every cult, you'll see them like steal things that are useful. Like um, a lot of cults, you'll find. I think the next video I'm going to put out is about how you know you're, you're only given four hours of sleep, and it's hard to think clearly. It's hard to think like I should get out of this if you're always busy and you're always you always have a lack of sleep. And that's something you see it so often. And it's like, I know like Linda, that's not like her original idea. And a lot of the theology and a lot of, a lot of the things that like control people are taken from other groups. And you see cult leaders borrow stuff all the time. I mean, Linda, one thing I was going to say when you talked about watching videos is that Linda's obsessed with movies. Like before she was doing this, she was living on disability watching movies all the time she watches a lot of movies and sometimes she incorporates them into her religious thing and you'll find out like oh the the matrix is real and just ridiculous stuff she's talked about how they're living in like a honey i shrunk the kids world before i should say like when when she goes into like movie territory she's really stoned linda smokes a ton of weed like all the time people are sending her weed in the mail people are crossing state lines to buy i mean uh this she is definitely a lot of people think she's on other drugs but i've talked to people on the ranch i've talked to people who've worked really closely with her and it seems like it's she smokes a ton of weed obviously she smokes a lot if you if you hear her voice some people have psychotic breaks on marijuana i don't think she had a psychotic i think she probably went through some trauma is what happened with Linda. I think she had like a, her whole life, you know, everybody like has this desire to like be, you know, have a significant life. And I think Linda always, you know, thought she would be something and it just never, ever worked out. And then she met this psychopath who thought it was a good idea to like start a cult. And she started doing what she does. And that's kind of the the gateway there for her. Well, Siren, this has been absolutely fantastic. But moving forward, we'd love for you to promote yourself. Give us all of your socials where people can find you, yeah. watch your content. I guess I don't have like a ton to plug. I'm working on a lot of stuff, I guess, at this point that like I, I just can't talk about. But my TikTok is at Siren Warner, or if you look up the Cult Hunter, that's where like updates will generally appear. Wherever we can find you, we'll we'll put all of those links into the show notes of the episode so that anybody listening can get ease of access to those places. Cool. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, I'm happy to be on here. Happy to talk cults. Thanks again, Siren. We appreciate you and hope to talk to you again soon. Hushlings, that is going to do it for this episode of Declassified Discussions. I am Mystery Mike. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Sick Frank Sanders.